there's something about him I feel like it's me I'm looking right at him He's literally me Welcome to another episode of Literally Him, a deep dive into Ryan Gosling's filmography. I'm your co-host, Joseph. And I'm your co-host, Emilio. Welcome back, everyone, for another episode. Um, Shit, man. This is our last official movie that we're covering in the Ryan Gosling filmography until he, you know, puts out another one. Uh, How are you feeling, Emilio? It feels weird. (laughs) It feels like... um... It feels like I don't want to stop talking about Ryan Gosling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I really don't either. Like, it's so much fun to do this. Um, and it's so funny because I thought at a certain point we would get fatigued or something or like our lives would get too busy. But like, it's been so easy to just pop on a movie from Ryan Gosling and then just talk about it for a quick hour. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. But yeah, but besides that, before I get too emotional, um, <laughs> how are you doing in general? Um, doing good. Um, yeah, just doing all right. Just, uh, do you know what's funny? Like I've been like running and consistently working out and having like uh, little cheat meals here and there. And I rewatched uh, Drive and I was like, damn, I need to run more <laughs> and I need to <laughs> stop having cheat meals. Like, Shay looks good in this movie. <laughs> he looks great. Um, just like in uh, oh fuck, the other movie he does with uh, Nicholas Swining Refn, um, Only God Forgives. He's wearing mm-hmm. a lot of like deep V's, but yeah. he looks fantastic. I've also been running again, but only on the treadmill. Um, my New Year's resolution is to walk ten thousand steps at least six days a week, and I've been doing it so far. Um. But yeah, I don't think I'll ever achieve Ryan Gosling's physique, and that does bum <laughs> me out. <laughs> I'm very excited to uh, talk about this movie. Uh, but before we get to that, I do want to point out that uh, some big news. The Grammys were yesterday, and fucking Billie Eilish won a Grammy for uh, What Was I Made For? Uh, what do you think about that, Emilio? I think that's awesome. I don't um, really keep up with like the Grammys per se, um, but it is a it is a great song, especially like towards the end of like Barbie and um, when you know like Barbie's having this interaction with the creator and just like all this um, emotion and like this charge of like like who am I in this world and. Like that song in the background really hits home. But yeah, I think it's a I think it's a well deserved win. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's really cool. Um Garo has been a fan of Billie Eilish for such a long time and it's so cool to see her I mean, she's already such like a decorated artist, but to win a Grammy is really cool. Also, it inspired one of my favorite TikToks that I can't believe I haven't sent you yet. But it's a it's a guy his whole account is just he sings to his goat. And every time he <laughs> sings to his goat, his goat like falls asleep on his chest. And um, the guy is from like Columbia, Columbia or something. Uh-huh. So his he doesn't know English. So he'll sing the lyrics, but just like 
the sound of of English. Like it's not actual words he's saying. So he's just saying like gibberish. And he sings that Billie Eilish song to his goat and the goat falls asleep and <laughs> this shit makes me laugh every time. Like sometimes I'll just pop it on on TikTok just to make God a laugh and it yeah, it's my favorite shit ever. <laughs> I've never seen that. But I know people use that song on TikTok like while they're recording their pets sleeping or something. I've yeah. Seen a lot of that. A lot of people like revealing childhood trauma too to that song. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah, oh, some of those man. are I you know, like I get it. Like you're trying to put it out there and and warn people, obviously, but oh man, sometimes they're just cringy. <laughs> Speaking of childhood trauma, um, we have this <laughs> podcast and we reveal a lot of things. I, I get the sense that there's gonna be a lot of like first time listeners because Drive is just such a fucking monumentous movie. But um, we've covered every fucking Ryan Gosling film so far. So if you guys have a have one that you like in particular, you should go back and check it out. But um, just to establish, so the whole basis to our podcast is we review Ryan Gosling movie step by step, pretty much. It takes us a long ass time to get through it, almost as long as the movie. And at the end, we <laughs> ask us ourselves, uh, are we literally him? Uh, so Emilio, I just want to like get your general uh, opinion on drive. Like what is your history with this movie? Uh, do you remember like the first time you watched it? What do you think about Ryan Gosling in the movie? Dude, I was obsessed with this movie. <laughs> um, I like, like bad, <laughs> like, like I think if anyone knew how, um, how immersed I got in this movie, I think people would think I had like a mental issue because <laughs> <laughs> I legit like, so I remember I was at um, my grandma's house and my dad like ordered uh, Rio's pizza and we were going to put on a movie and I don't know why exactly. I think I saw a trailer for this movie on YouTube and I was like, oh, like I really want to watch this. And so we put it on and we watched it. And after the movie, I was like, holy shit, this is the greatest fucking movie I've ever seen. <laughs> and um, yeah, this movie literally made me go down this fucking Ryan Gosling rabbit hole. I was buying, dude, I bought Henleys. I bought V-Nex. <laughs> I was, I, I bought jean jackets. I like, I started wearing like, I don't know if you remember, but I was, I started wearing jeans and like jean jackets with my jeans. Yeah, and I remember that. that I just like started wearing like boots and I started trying to do my hair like that. I was like obsessed with this movie, which is funny because now later on, people are thinking that this guy is autistic. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, dude, like I, I don't think it's that silly to admit that because he's so fucking cool in this movie. Yeah. And I, and I don't know the whole history of the literally him, literally me memes, but like, I feel like it started because of this movie and because there is this like innate sense as you watch the movie, you're like, this guy's so fucking cool. But then really, when you think about it, it's like, wait, he's not someone we should strive to be, which is yeah. the whole joke of that meme. Um, I watched this movie with Garo. Garo's never watched it before. And she like her, she, I think the first thing she said after we finished it was like, man, he's so fucking cool. <laughs> <This movie. laughs> 
Yeah, he's he's just like fucking cool. And the thing is, too, is like, I think this is like one of the first films because at the time I was like acting a lot um, and I was kind of like doing theater. So it was like kind of like very like not over the top, but like just um, the acting is just so different. And yeah. when I saw this and, you know, in theater, you like sometimes you're playing like a um, a like a typical good guy or a typical bad guy. And like this film kind of shows like the first real like anti-hero. Um, and, but it's like in the sense of like, you know, he's like not a good person. But at the same time, yeah, he's doing these things that are trying to redeem him. Like he's trying to do these things that redeem, redeem his quality of of. I'm trying to be a good person for these people around me. But at the same time, like there's just, um, he's just so immersed in this world where he works with criminals like that. He just can't escape that, which I also really liked too. And I think like, it's such good timing for the movie. Like if you think about 2011, um, breaking bad was already out Mm -hmm. and mad and mad men as well so like that idea of an anti-hero was not a like a complete new concept to people and um it just fucking works man like the movie has so many um awards that it won uh for it did win an oscar but i think it was for like sound or maybe some type of editing and it's all well deserved like it's such a fucking phenomenal movie and like rewatching it uh when i rewatched it recently like it still fucking gets me, man. Like I, I love this fucking movie. Um, yeah, but yeah, um, I do want to point out like a couple of things. So I, I can't remember the first time I watched it. It had to be in high school, but I, I remember just really liking it. Um, but two things that I think uh, that make me think about this movie is that every time I Google the movie, um, for some reason, Google always thinks that I want to look up Drive 2, which is this <laughs> random ass fucking skit that this guy made. And it's called Drive 2, the Uber years. And I always <laughs> laugh really hard when I see that. I've never watched the video, but it always makes me laugh. The second thing is that there's this video that this guy made. It's called uh, Drive starring Owen Wilson. And the whole premise <laughs> is that it's the movie Drive, but Owen Wilson is the lead. And it only has like 52,000 views on YouTube, which is a lot. But I feel like it should have way fucking more. This video is so fucking funny and it still yeah. makes me laugh. Like you guys should all go check it out right now if you haven't seen that video. <laughs> yeah. When you sent it to me earlier, I was like, what the hell? Like, I don't remember this. And as soon as that guy turned around and started doing the Owen Wilson impression, I was like, oh my God, this is so fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> I love that shit so much. Um but yeah, man, let's just go ahead and fucking delve into the movie. So I wanted to ask you, uh, do you have a synopsis ready for us? I do. Oh, wait, do I? Damn. <laughs> oh, I guess it's from Wikipedia. That's weird. Usually. Oh, wait, here it is. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so Driver is a skilled Hollywood stuntman who moonlights as a getaway driver for criminals. Though he projects an icy exterior... Lately, he's been warming up to a pretty neighbor named Irene and her young son, Benicio. When Irene's husband gets out of jail, he enlists Driver's help in a million-dollar heist. The job goes horribly wrong, and Driver must risk his life to protect Irene and Benicio from the vengeful masterminds behind the robbery. Damn, that's actually a pretty good synopsis. <laughs> that's not bad at all. Um, yeah, 
there are so many things I like about this movie, but first and foremost, that they never say his fucking name is yeah. so cool. They always call him, well, he's, his name is Driver, um, but then also uh, Shannon, the main his like main friend, calls him Kid. So he mm-hmm. really has two names, either Driver or Kid. But um, yeah, this movie was released in 2011. This is another, um, fuck, I always forget his name, Nicholas Whiting Refn movie. The last one we covered was uh, Only God Forgives. And I really think this movie is super fucking approachable compared to his other shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Are he, um, have you ever seen Bronson? No, With but Tom I know Hardy? you really like that movie. Yeah. yeah Tom like Hardy. Bronson. Yeah. Is that one also like digestible? Um, It's not as easily digestible as this movie. It's definitely easier than um, Only God Forgives. But it's it's a good movie. Yeah, I mean, it makes me really curious to see his other shit because, like, this one is just so fu- this this one is such a fucking achievement. Not to sound like such a fucking kiss ass, but I do like this movie a lot, <laughs> dude. Yeah, um, I mean, it's crazy too because when this movie came out, um, because of the way it was marketed, a lot of people didn't like it. Yes. That is a very good point. Like, I remember the first time I was going to watch it, I thought it was going to be way more focused on, like, action and, and like, a heist movie, but it was not that. Like, why why do you think it still works, though? Because, like, I, I can see why people would be so pissed off. Like, I still walk away seeing this movie, even though I was I didn't get what I was expecting. I still like it a whole lot. And why do you think people walk away still liking it so much? I think it's the um, not so much like the story per se, like the synopsis I just read. I think it's more like the characters and you're kind of watching these characters go from like event through event through event and you kind of want there to be some type of closure. But every time like something comes up and you want the driver to win and like um, you you kind of, j- it's funny too because when um, Standard's character is introduced, uh, Oscar Isaacs, I, re- I remember watching this and I was like, oh man, fuck that guy. <laughs> 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 I was like, no, go back to jail. You shouldn't be here. <laughs> Let my mommy and daddy be together. Yeah. <laughs> go away. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're like rooting for this character that you shouldn't be rooting for. And I think. This is kind of like, like, uh, like you said, um, um, Gato kind of described it like a noir movie. And I think that kind of lends up to, to like, if you're not, um, used to films like this, and if you're kind of more open minded to that kind of style, like, it kind of really, um, catches you off guard. But like, once you're in it, like, you're kind of just like in it. Yeah. And like, the cold open is so fucking awesome. It's one yeah. of my favorite cold opens in a movie ever. So we just open up and we see we're in Los Angeles and we have driver narrating and he sets the rules for, for his heist. And he says, there's a hundred thousand streets in this city. You don't need to know the route. You give me a time and a place. I give you five minute window. I give you a five minute window. Anything happens uh, in those five minutes and I'm yours. And it's like, so like just setting the scene of like this motherfucker does not play around he knows exactly what he's doing and he's gonna like execute it to a fucking t um 
I like that Driver is a Clippers fan. So we see that <laughs> he's in a motel getting ready for the heist and the Clippers game is on the background and it's prominent throughout the heist as well on the radio. Um, do you want to walk us through the scene where he like meets up with Shannon and then goes on this first heist? Yeah. Um, yeah, dude, like like you said, the cold open is so great because it's kind of setting up. Um, this is kind of like the first and only time you really see him um, in this uh, criminal world. Um, so he goes to Shannon, who he works with at an auto body shop. And Shannon fronts these cars for the driver. He um, switches out the motors, like just packs them with uh uh, fuck! I don't even know how to how to describe it. Just um, crazy horsepower, horsepower torque. I don't know. Uh, fucking, <laughs> uh, fucking turbo diesel engines and shit. And he <laughs> puts them in um very inconspicuous cars. So this one car that he's using was supposedly one of the most popular cars in that time, which was a Chevy so, Malibu. Yeah. Um, and so you watch him kind of set all this up, and he goes to meet these two robbers that are going to rob um, this place, but he meets them separately. And as soon as he parks, he sets his watch timer and he's pretty like, everything's just so meticulously put together. And you can kind of tell like, this isn't the first time he's done this. And so he and gives them. Yeah. Go ahead. I do want to point out like, because he's so fucking meticulous also. Okay. So two things I want to point out is that speaking of breaking bad, Shannon is played by Brian Cranston and he does a fucking awesome job in this movie. Yeah. Um, second thing is that driver is so meticulous as you pointed out that he has like these leather gloves that he puts on. He uh, straps a wristwatch to the driver to the uh, steering wheel. So he knows the time and he has his clipper game on. Um, this just adds to the mythos that driver possibly might be autistic. I do want to point that out. <laughs> he needs everything set in a certain way. <laughs> or he's going to be upset. He forgets his glove. And he's like, fuck. And he just has a meltdown. <laughs> We're done. Never mind. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, like, like we said, he just plans all this out and he even has a police scanner in his car. So once he um, gets the notification or I guess he gets the call that the police are on their way, then he kind of like really narrows down the time and it allows him to go down his route that in the very beginning of the cold opening scene, you can see that he kind of drew out a route that he wants to stick to, but the scanner helps him get around because obviously police are looking for him. And it's just, it's honestly pretty, um, I don't want to say like intense because it's not like crazy intense, but it's definitely like, it definitely keeps you kind of like on edge as you're watching. Yeah. I, I, I would say that it is pretty fucking intense. Like my heart, like I've seen the movie a bunch of times. I know what's going to happen, but my heart still kind of races, especially in the part where the first, uh, like robber gets into the car and they're waiting Mm -hmm. for the second one. The second one is taking fucking forever. I'm just always like, oh my God, hurry the fuck up, dude. (laughs) Yeah, and and I love the way um, this scene specifically um, or the sequence is filmed because a lot of it is just POV. So it's a lot of scenes of you're looking at um, Brian Gosling 
as he's driving, you look cut to scenes of like the two robbers in the back seat. Then you cut to scenes of like you're in the passenger front seat and you're watching him weave through all these streets and like avoid these police officers. Um, a funny thing that I did want to point out is so he um, they do eventually um, get spotted and he hides it under one of the L.A. bridges. And it's funny because I work in like arts district and I, I've been for a few years now. I was watching this opening scene. I was like, oh, shit, I know where all this is at. Yeah, I was about to say like this shit's all around the corner from your job. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so he... Um, hides under a bridge they um the the helicopter gets another police call so they go to check that out um they're driving on the road again a police officer spots them puts his lights and they pretty much like a small chase ensues and the whole time the clippers game is in the background and this guy drives into a parking structure where a lot of um, clippers fans were parked he parks his car walks out takes off his jacket, puts on a Clippers hat, and pretty much just walks away scot-free. So I wanted to bring that up because I took a law class in college. <laughs> well, actually, I took uh, one like wh- whatever law class in high school and then one in college. But both times, um, we had like a police officer come in. And the police officers told us like, if you're in a car chase, the best thing to do is to park in a parking structure or like a crowded like a mall because you can leave your car there and most likely the police don't have a physical description of you yet and you can try to walk out of there and apparently they only set up a mile wide circle radius and if you're out of that mile like they'll probably never catch you wow so you know listeners you want to do some wild (laughs) shit this weekend there you go um, I also want to, yeah, so I like this scene a lot. Um, the way he gets away just feels so fucking practical. It's mm-hmm. not even super crazy, but it feels so practical, but it still comes off so cool. I do want to point out that as a person who's been to a lot of games at the Staples Center, which is now uh, crypto.com arena, um, I, I just imagine like driver pulling up to the parking lot and some guy being like, hey, motherfucker like it's 20 bucks to park what the fuck you doing (laughs) like but uh yeah i like this scene a lot um and then from this we cut to our opening credits and we see like all these different shots of la and uh and kravinsky's uh, night call starts to play in the background and it is that is such a fucking good song yeah um Gato was super hyped at this moment. And when the song came on she's like oh fuck turn it up (laughs) she was super (laughs) excited um Another thing I want to point out is that we've covered various other movies where Ryan Gosling wears a cool jacket. This is definitively like the coolest fucking jacket he wears, his white yeah. uh, and golden scorpion jacket. Um, how do you feel about this jacket, Emilio? Dude, I wanted one so bad. <laughs> I, I really wanted one. I actually found a website that makes them. And I was going to buy one, but it was like $300. And a lot of people kind of complained about how it's very, uh, very uh, heavy and it gets very hot. And, you know, when I watched this movie a handful of times, I started like looking up 
articles and I started looking up like the costume designer and I started like looking up like the stylist and all this shit. So I literally knew like the sunglasses he wore and the jeans and and the boots, like the brands and the shirts. And it was all super fucking expensive, but I mean, it's a Hollywood movie. So you kind of expect that. But so they took these jackets um, that are really popular in Japan, I want to say really popular quilted bomber jackets and the costume designer pretty much just remade it in that style. So you can find jackets that look like this. Um, I'm pretty sure you can find some in little Tokyo. But yeah, this was like a original crafted jacket inspired by uh, Japanese bomber jackets. Which one do you think is cooler? His red jacket in Place Beyond the Pines or this one? This one's kind of on the nose. <laughs> <laughs> I like how like if hard you're, you're thinking about it. <laughs> like, you know, because like even um, with the literally him uh, memes... This jacket was a huge meme too. <laughs> like you see people wearing them and you're like, I'm literally him. And they're just like acting like cold um, people, like like antisocial people. And I would wear that red leather jacket out somewhere. I don't think I'd wear the scorpion jacket out. <laughs> yeah, it's too iconic. Like everyone's yeah. going to be like, oh, you really like drive, huh? And then you'd have to follow up with like, and I also have a podcast too about Ryan Gosling. Yeah. (laughs) And I look at him and I'm like, I drive. (laughs) That's all I say. (laughs) Um, I beat the shit out of him. (laughs) (laughs) The hammer. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So when this opening credits started, um, I was like feeling really like accomplished that we got this far. And I did write in my notes, holy shit. I can't believe you made it to the last movie. (laughs) (laughs) And so like, in this in this opening uh, credits, we see a montage of like driver arriving to his uh, apartment. We see Irene passes him, and he notices that Irene has just moved into the neighboring apartment. And Irene is played by uh, Carrie Mulligan, who is an accomplished actor who is up for an Oscar, I believe, for her oh, yeah. role in Maestro, which is a uh, I haven't God seen the movie, damn but Bradley Cooper Oscar bait movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna try to be nicer, but yeah, <laughs> that. Um, she's so cool. She's such a great actor. So it, it, it was so cool to see her uh, in this movie. Um, but yeah, we see the the first interaction they have <laughs> is driver gets into the uh, elevator. Irene walks in and she's about to do laundry, and he is so fucking awkward as they yeah. ride the elevator. Are they going up or down in the scene? I believe they're going up and they get off at the same time and they don't say anything to each other. And it's just like adding that layer of like, he could be autistic. We're not sure. <laughs> I did ask Gattel, uh Gattel for, if this is your first time listening, she's my fiance. She has, she's pursuing a degree uh, in a PA school so she has a medical background. I asked her in her medical opinion, do you think he's autistic? And she said, no, but he probably has Asperger's, but we're not sure. But she so probably thinks we're autistic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you guys are pretty obsessive. So especially about Ryan Gosling. Uh, do you want to walk us through the next scene where we see that he is a stunt driver? Yeah, so they're filming a film in Los Angeles and Shannon approaches him and this is kind of where we get 
a first real introduction to Shannon, who's played by Brian Cranston. And he tells him uh, that the producers want him to do a role. But he knows that uh, it's very dangerous, but he can get some extra money on top of it if he's able to do it. And uh, the driver agrees. And you kind of get a look into the world of being a stunt driver. All this, like these little coordinations that have to happen. And he successfully flips the car and... Brian Cranston's like, all right, great. Yeah, we got it. And then after that, um, oh, and then we also noticed too, like I didn't notice it at first on, upon my first watch, but you can see that he has like a limp. And then oh, that yeah. kind of comes up later on in the story. I, I liked how I like rewatching this. All these kind of subtle things that you could have missed. Um, they're kind of all like prevalently there. But you yeah. kind of just have to like pay a little bit of attention to it. <laughs> Yeah, I really like their relationship too. They're like super yeah. uh Shannon's character is super like paternalistic to driver. And um also Shannon just can't shut the fuck up. He's always mm-hmm. talking, but he's such a likable character at the same time. And then opposite to driver who says like one or two words every so often. <laughs> it's really fun. I saw like um in an article or something that um and when I say an article, I mean like the fucking imdb fun facts is um <laughs> that brian cranston like suggested that like i should be like uncontrollably talking all the time and then drivers should be as quiet as possible and that'd be a funny dynamic um but yeah do you want to cut to the next scene where uh drivers at the grocery store oh yeah the super iconic uh meme <laughs> scene <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we cut to a uh, driver he's in a small grocery store and he's walking through the aisles and he catches Irene and her son Benicio in one of the aisles. And he's walking down. He looks up and he realizes he's they're there and he doesn't say a word. And he just turns around and goes into another aisle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every time I see this meme, it's always like uh, me when I see my crush or whatever. You just fucking yeah. back away awkwardly. <laughs> I'm literally him. I don't know how to talk to women. And he just walks away. <laughs> Um, oh, but so then like we cut to them, they're done grocery shopping and her, uh, car is broken down and driver being a mechanic offers her, uh, well, he actually gives her a ride home actually. But, um, dude, I love, I absolutely love this car that he drives in this movie. It's a 68, um, Chevy Malibu. Yeah. And I know that because I really wanted to buy one when I saw this movie. <laughs> I scoured Craigslist for a car like this. Dude, I mean, it's fucking cool. Yeah. Um, you can see like the inside is super clean. He has like brand new gauges. So it probably like hauls ass. Um, yeah, it's fucking it, it is a really nice car. Yeah, I think like the also like for men in general, maybe like watching this like like people around our age was that you know I watched this in high school and this guy's a a stunt driver and he's a mechanic and it kind of adds to this idea that you you kind of get the sense of like he built this car himself and um Ryan Gosling has said in um uh interviews that Nicholas Winding Refn let him pick the car and he let him design it like inside out 
And the reason why they go with this car is because it doesn't look like much on the outside. It's not um, as uh, no, um, not as a, it's not, fuck, <laughs> I lost the word I was going to use. Um, it's not as uh, popular as like a Chevelle or like the SS, but it has that same kind of characteristics of it. And it looks like a regular old muscle car, but it has a lot of power in like the way he, um, the way he made it up with the interior. And I'm sure the engine is like, it's, it it's like deceptive. Like it, it's more powerful than it looks. And that's what they yeah. said. They liked a lot about the car. Sounds a lot like me. I don't, <laughs> I don't look that tough outside, but on the inside, I'm really, really tough. No. Yeah. But it's supposedly uh Ryan Gosling, like rebuilt an entire fucking car in order to prepare for the role. And I don't know how true that is, but I mean, it sounds fucking dope. I hope you yeah. did that. <laughs> but um, from, so a uh, driver takes Irene back to her apartment and again, they're neighbors. So they live like literally just down the hall from each other. Um, I really like another subtle dynamic uh, is between driver and Irene's kid Benicio. Like he's super playful with him and it just mm-hmm. adds the character of like, he is this like crazy, like, badass motherfucker but at the same time he's like he can be normal he can be uh social and he's like also a good guy at the same but only time with children so he but could only, be autistic yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's not to talk to adults but he knows how to talk to kids yes yeah it's almost like he has the mind of a child i don't know um, <laughs> but um yeah so he helps irene carry her groceries up they have like a one-on-one and we get the the most iconic line and like a line that was uh that I remember from the trailer is Irene asking him, so what do you do? And he says, I drive for the movies. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> it's a great fucking line. Yeah. And Irene reveals that because um, right behind Irene, you can see a photo of Benicio's dad and she reveals like, oh yeah, that's Benicio's dad. He's in jail. Fuck and that driver. Guy. <laughs> yeah, fuck him. <laughs> and driver, even though you can't see in his face, he perks up. He's probably like, "Oh, cool, fucking dad's nowhere in sight. I'll just mosey on in here." <laughs> so you they have like a little stepdad, Benicio. <laughs> <laughs> so they have like a little connection, and then driver says he has to go, and he leaves. And we cut to Nino's Pizzeria, where we're introduced to Bernie. Dude, uh, I do you want to walk us through the scene? Um, yeah, but I was gonna say I absolutely love this introduction to um, Bernie and Nino. Um, I It's funny because uh, Albert Brooks really wanted to be in this movie. Uh, Albert Brooks, is, uh, he's the one who plays Bernie Rose. Um, yeah. And he auditioned, he said he auditioned like hard. Like he really wanted to be in this movie. And um, I think it pays really well. Like you would never expect um, Albert Brooks to come off as like this mafioso kind of hard ass kind of kind of an asshole but also like he he, he's kind of he's not like a villain he's not like a typical villain in this movie and I like that contrast whereas uh, Nino who's played by Ron Perlman is just straight up you can tell this dude's a fucking asshole (laughs) yeah 
uh, I love Albert Brooks. He's so fucking cool. Um, mm-hmm. But every time I hear his voice, and I mean, it doesn't affect me in any way, but when I hear his voice, he's done so much voiceover work, especially mm-hmm. for The Simpsons. He does the voice of Hank Scorpio. Um, uh, it's like he's in like literally one episode doing this voice, but it's so fucking iconic in my head. Um, it is funny to hear him and see him do all this like mafioso shit. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like he has such a funny voice. I can't take it that seriously. <laughs> yeah. But he's fantastic. He's awesome in the movie. Ron Perlman's also fucking awesome in the movie, too. Yeah, dude. There's this great um, camera work where you, uh, Nino. So cutting back to the scene, um, sh- uh, Shannon and Bernie are talking and Shannon pitches him this idea of like, hey, I want to um, get into racing. Uh, indie racing, NASCAR racing, like in that kind of uh, circle of racing. And I have this car. I already looked at it. I need $400,000 as like an investment, but you're investing in it. And I already found the driver. And uh, Bernie tells him, he's like, but you just told me there's hundreds of drivers. And Shannon really vouches for the driver. And he says, not like this guy, like this guy gets behind the wheel. And I'm telling you, like, we can make it big in this scene. And then Nino walks in and he sits in between them. And there's this perfect uh, camera position where he's wearing like sunglasses and he has like, you know, like Ron Perlman just has like big, like a big old jaw and like big white teeth. And he's just smiling at Shannon. He's like, take a fucking hike. I want to talk to my partner. And he just gives him like a huge <laughs> smile. And Shannon gets all uncomfortable. He's like, I'm just fucking with you. And he tells him, how's, how's your leg? And he goes, oh, I paid my debt. Um, there's also some really funny banter between Bernie and Nino that I kind of can't say because there's, uh, well, I can say one of them, which is uh, he asks why he's eating Chinese food in his restaurant. And Bernie tells him, what's a Jew doing running a pizzeria? <laughs> I don't know if you can say that one, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Hey, these were the times, you know? <laughs> hey, Ron Perlman said it. I guess it's okay. <laughs> Come on. Um, he's, he's playing Sons of Anarchy. Come on. He's pretty wild. Well, he plays Hellboy. Um, <laughs> yeah, Ron Perlman's so cool. Um, yeah, this. so you just get the sense of like, um, fuck, what the fuck is Albert uh, Bernie? He's Bernie. the more sensible one. He's still like a hard ass, but he's the more sensible. And then his partner, Nino, is just kind of a fucking asshole. So we cut to Bernie meeting the driver. I feel weird calling him driver. And um, so he meets him and he sees him drive. And he is like, not really. He's just like assessing how good he is. And he gets to talk to him. And so he extends his hand to shake driver's hand to which driver doesn't want, doesn't like extend it back. He's so awkward in the scene, um, which again adds to the mythos. <laughs> and he says, uh, driver says like, Oh, sorry. It's just that my hands are dirty. And Bernie says something to the effect of like, well, my hands are dirty or dirty too. Just to point out like, Hey, I- I've been around the way. Like, don't fuck with me. Hey, we're cool. And so, and so eventually Bernie agrees to, uh, I forget the deal. I think it's something like, um, I think it's he's like going to give 300 for 70%. Yes. I, I don't understand. It's like, he's going to give them 300,000 and he yeah. gets a 70% cut or yeah, like they're winning every time they race. 
So then from this scene, we cut to Irene showing up to Shannon's shop. Um, and we see that Driver works there. as So Driver has three fucking jobs. He mm-hmm. is a stuntman. He is a mechanic. And then he moonlights as a getaway driver. So he is a hardworking individual. Already, I'm not <laughs> literally him because I would not work that fucking hard. <laughs> but do you want to walk us through this scene where Irene shows up? Yeah, so um, she comes in, brings in her car, and actually uh, the driver was working on his car. And Shannon tells Irene, like, oh, like, wait, you guys are neighbors. So why doesn't the driver give you a ride home? And, dude, I don't, <laughs> like, I think it's just because I was, like, young. But I watch it now, and I'm like, dude, this guy's so fucking cool. <laughs> Like, even when he says, like, I don't have wheels on my car, I'm like, oh, yeah, so funny. That's so fucking so fucking cool, dude. You're so funny, dude. Hey, why don't you pop off your pants really quick? (laughs) (laughs) That like you really see like Ryan Gosling is on like he I don't know how to describe it, but like as we've talked about previously, like he always plays like a cool jerk and he fucking nails it on this one. Like he is so good. His line deliveries are so funny. I wrote down that line as well. Um, it's so simple, but like the yeah. way he says it, his inflection, how like timid he sounds at the same time, it just all works and it's so funny. And opposite to Shannon, Shannon's also like super funny. Brian Cranston yeah. like gives so much life to this character. And then Irene is also great too. Like all of them together in this scene just works so fucking great. So Driver agrees to give Irene a um, ride home. And because her car is going to have to be in the shop for a little while. And then we cut to a montage. He takes Irene and Benicio to the LA river and they have this montage of him driving on the river and then like enjoying time together. Um, and then we have our second iconic song pop up. It's fucking a, a, is it called a real hero? Yeah. I think a real hero. Great song. I fucking love that song. What do you think about this scene? Oh, dude, I love it. I, I get like gushy over the scene, dude. I, I eat it up. <laughs> it's just because it's, it's kind of like something you want to do, like on your f- kind of like first, second date with somebody. Like, oh, like, like I'm sure you've never been in the LA River. I drive my car in the LA River. Let's uh, maybe not hang out in like the swampy part of it <laughs> where you can see all the toilet paper and trash and shit. <laughs> but um, hey, Nicholas Winding Refn did a great job of making it look very cool. enticing. Yeah, cool. It made me think about like us as teenagers. Like this is these were the like dirty ass spots we would go to like get away from our divorced parents and like smoke and share a cigarette that we found somewhere. (laughs) The riverbed. (laughs) I don't know how we didn't get. I don't know how we didn't get like West Nile virus or something. Um, but yeah, and then there's like, there's so many great shots in, um, like within these moments too. Like there's this shot of, uh, driver holding Benicio walking into the apartment. And there's also a shot. You can see like the skyline a bit of LA, uh, behind this window where the driver's sitting and like, he's opposite, um, uh, Irene and they're just talking. And it, yeah, like it's so crazy how there's not a lot of dialogue in this film, but you can see how much chemistry these actors and these characters have amongst each other. 
Yeah, you can really feel like they're falling in love too because in that scene where they finally get back home, um, Irene tells Driver like, oh, he had a lot of fun talking about Benicio and then he looks back at her and says, me too. And there are a lot of like long pauses in this movie, but like the pauses in between Irene and Driver feel so like not awkward at all. It feels like you're seeing two people like connect and fall in love and their chemistry is really good. Garo at this point pointed out like, holy shit, like these two actors actually have chemistry. Like that's cool to see. Like they, I could see them falling in love. That works. Yeah. Um, And then driver offers Irene like, Hey, like I'm not doing anything this weekend. If you need a ride, just let me know. And then we see scenes of him hanging out with Benicio. We see scenes of him driving around Irene and Irene holds his hand at one point and they're like, they're falling in love and it fuck it fucking works it on me. Like I, I really feel like, yay, this is a good moment. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's, um, it's crazy too. Well, I mean, not crazy, but, um, the director, Nicholas Winding Refn said that he wanted this to feel, um, we're watching, we're kind of watching this movie in the eyes of, uh, the driver. And he really wanted to showcase that this film almost seems kind of dreamlike. And in these sequences where it's him and Irene and they're getting closer, like there's also like music by Cliff Martinez, which is fucking great. I absolutely love uh, Cliff Martinez's score in this movie, but it, it does sound like very dreamlike and like there it's dark, but there's like nice yellow lighting coming into the car and like they hold hands and it, it feels like very like, like this is kind of like a dream come true for the driver. Yeah. Um, uh, As you were saying that, I was also like thinking about how fucking cool uh, Ryan Gosling is because (laughs) um, (laughs) he did. This is his third movie to come out in 2011. Mm -hmm. I think you pointed this out when we did Ides of March. Um, Yeah. Ides of March came out that same year. And so did uh, Crazy Stupid Love. And like he fucking nailed it this year. I mean, he's he always does like a bunch of good movies in a row, in my opinion except for a song to song that movie fucking sucks. <laughs> but um, yeah, he always comes out with like good shit. And, and yeah. like this one was three in a row. That was so great. Dude, banger um, after banger after banger. <laughs> I'm feeling like so self-conscious, like just gushing over Ryan Gosling, but this is the whole <laughs> fucking point. to our podcast, <laughs> um, one of my favorite quotes in the movie pops up after, cause it's so cringy is we cut to Shannon's shop. And we see that Shannon bought like kind of a junky piece of shit like NASCAR. Mm, oh yeah. And Nico and Bernie or not yeah, ne- is it Nino, Nino or Nico? Nino, sorry. Nino. Nino's there with Bernie. And uh they're both like upset at how expensive this car was and how much of a piece of shit it is. And just a previous point, Nino turns around and he sees oh, like a muscle scene. car. It's not <laughs> his muscle car, right? It's Shannon's. No. Yeah, it's Shannon's. Shannon's uh working on it. And so Dito points out to this car, like, why didn't we get one like this? He's like, that's one fine piece of, <laughs> that is one fine ass pussy mobile motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. He says it is so stupid. <laughs> I love it. Me and, my, me and my cousin, um, me and my cousin Cruz would always say that shit to each other. <laughs> now that, that is one motherfucking fine ass pussy mobile motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> And I like how he's like walking toward the car and then Bernie goes, Shannon, sell him the car. And then uh, Shannon walks up to him and he says, you know what? I I think even this car might make you look good looking. And you hear, you hear Nino go, oh, I'm already good looking, pal. 
<laughs> there's like there's like such cool like little banter that yeah. goes on between the characters. And then we uh, see that as that's happening in the background, Bernie approaches Driver and he kind of like subtly intimidates Driver and asks him like, so you think you're ready? And he says like, mm, like Driver has like a kind of wishy-washy answer. He's like, I don't know. I guess we'll see. He's like, we'll see. Like I'm putting a bunch of money behind you. Mm-hmm. And then Bernie tells him like, look, we're partners now. If you need anything, you can come to me. But it's like this intimidating air to it of like, dude, like you're in my pocket. Like don't fuck anything yeah. up. Because, like, you're wasting my money if you do. Yeah, he kind of, like, because the driver is timid, and he kind of does give him this tone of, like, don't be timid. Like, don't fuck this up. Like, this is my money, and this is your ass and Shannon's ass if you don't win these races. And, yeah, like, that also plays, too, to, like, that contrast of the, like, because, I mean, ultimately, Bernie is, in a sense, um the antagonist to drivers a protagonist and you do get this like sense of um like you're you're my employee like you have to do this and it you know it obviously shows like later on um but then after this so we cut to a scene of driver um driving (laughs) that sounds so fucking weird saying that (laughs) uh we cut to a scene of the driver driving irene home and Irene tells him that while they were at her place, she got a call from her uh, her husband's attorney and that he'll be out of jail in a few days. And you can just tell like this absolutely just destroys him. Dude, Rygosik's <laughs> so face in the scene is so fucking funny, man. It made you me laugh it so hard. Um, it reminds me of his look in the eyes of March when he has oh, the phone. Yeah. And he's like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, that's what that face reminded me of. <laughs> he's just staring off into the road, but like, you can see, like, it looks like he's about to cry. And it's so, yeah. it's just one of Ryan Gosling's super intense fucking faces, but it's so good in this part. Um, I do like in the scene previous, we see that Driver is watching cartoons with Benicio. Mm-hmm. And he asked Benicio, like, um, like, how do you know that's a bad guy on the screen? Oh, right. Because yeah. he's, he's a shark. And he says, like, all sharks are bad. And it's like, it's on the nose, but it's like setting up this dynamic of like, driver is trying to be a good person, mm-hmm. but he doesn't know how. He does a bunch of bad shit. But, um, so yeah, we cut to, um, the next day. We see that, um, there is a celebration at Irene's house. And we see that her husband, Standard, is back home and they're having a party for his release. Uh, Standard is played by Oscar Isaac. Um, I fucking love Oscar Isaac. I think he's so yeah, fucking cool. Um, and he's also Central American like me. So I like him a lot. Um, but um, <laughs> what do you think of the name Standard? It, it would say, It's an odd name. Um, I do like that. Uh, the joke that um, Irene's character plays. And it might be like on the nose joke about the character's name in general. Um, but yeah, so... Uh, I guess upon when they first met, um, he introduces himself as standard and Irene tells him, where's the deluxe version? <laughs> I, that shit did make me laugh though. <laughs> yeah, that's a good, that's a good one. That's a good comeback. Um, I do like his character. You can kind of tell like this character is also in the same boat as the driver. Although like standard, I think 
it might be on the nose like for his name too because you have driver and you have the driver then you have standard and this guy <laughs> why are you putting your head down i just <laughs> fucking put that together right now oh, i okay. never never realized that ever <laughs> I thought you were like, God, that's the stupidest fucking shit I've ever heard. <laughs> I've never <laughs> thought the about listeners, that. He, Joseph just like put his head into his hand. And I was like, oh, no, I said something really dumb right now. <laughs> this is my brother, Manuel. Although that would work because he is like Hispanic. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like uh, this, this character, Sander, has everything that the driver wants because Throughout the film, well, I mean, even in this scene, opposite to this party going on, you can see Standard is surrounded by friends and family, and he's there with his son Benicio and his wife or girlfriend. Um, are, I, I are they? Is it established that they're married? Yeah, because she calls him. Oh, well, yeah, because she does call him her husband. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like he has these people around him, and it's opposite to to the driver. And he's in this really dark lit uh, apartment or in his apartment. And he's just working on car parts. And he is, you can tell he's very upset about it. And he, you can, he can probably hear like the party going on. And so he decides to leave and he catches Irene sitting alone by herself. And there's like this other great interaction that these characters have. And it's kind of like that chemistry where he comes out and she says, Hey, um, I hope the music's not too loud. And he said, I'm going to, he says, I was going to call the cops. And she looks at him and she says, I hope, I wish you would. And like, there's just such great, like, although there's no dialogue, there's such great dialogue to where like you can, you can get really getting like an introspective of what these characters are like thinking and how they're feeling toward each other. And then standard just comes their, fucks it up. Just <laughs> cock block. Um, just their looks alone are so good. Um, mm-hmm. Driver and Irene's looks, you could just see like they're, they're longing for a different life and to be with each other. It's like, like you said, they barely say anything, but you can just get that sense. And then standard shows up and he walks out and he's like all like machismo with uh, Benicio yeah. taking out the trash. And he goes like, uh, Oh, Hey, I heard you're, you're, you're here like helping out. Right. Yeah, he says like yeah. I forget the word he says over and over again. He says, "Is that Help right?" Yeah, is that right? Like he says it <laughs> five times, and then um, he tells Benicio like, "All right, let's let uh, mommy talk to her friend." And he's like just trying to tell driver like subtle, not very subtly, but like, "Hey man, like I'm here. Like yeah, don't try to fucking steal my woman and my or my kid." And he just comes off like a fucking asshole. <laughs> and then we cut to like another super iconic scene in this film where um, the driver drives around because he's upset and he's at this small diner and he's eating, I think it was like a pie, a slice of pie mm-hmm. and coffee. And this random hillbilly looking dude <laughs> walks up to him and tells him, Hey, like, I remember you, you helped me and my, uh, my cousin on this job. And we got this other guy and my, my buddy got arrested and he's doing time right now. And he pitches to him, I have this perfect heist. And the driver looks at him and he tells him, shut your mouth or I'm going to, oh, fuck, I already forgot it. He says, yeah, like he interrupts him and he says, how about this? Shut your mouth 
or I'll kick your teeth down your throat. And it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, I would never, you get this, like this whole time you see driver just be this like compassionate, nice guy. And then his fucking alter ego just kicks in. He's like a complete asshole. <laughs> and it's very menacing. It yeah. doesn't work. Yeah. It was like genuinely like, Oh shit. Like, because yeah, I think, but I think it also like helps in like kind of set in that reality of like this is kind of the person that he kind of is, and I think that's what really lends to this um, self conflict that he has as a character because it's obviously obviously stemming from the fact that he had this um, connection with Irene and now it's pretty much gone. Yeah. And it like it definitely shows like this anger stemming inside him. Yeah. It's really fucking cool. The the character growth to everyone is just so awesome. Um I do want to speed up just a little bit. So mm-hmm. I'm going to speed up to I'm going to just go over like like a few key things and speed up to their heist with um standard. But if there's anything you want to point out just let me know, okay? Mm-hmm. So we see that um driver he comes back to from whatever he was doing presumably driving and he sees that two (laughs) goons are walking away from his apartment in the parking lot he sees that standard got his ass kicked and i like that driver goes to tend to benicio first um we see that uh standard reveals that while he was in jail he paid for people to protect him he paid like two thousand dollars but then as time went on the people were being assholes and told him now it's four thousand dollars now it's six thousand dollars now it's this amount and they want standard to steal money from a pawn shop to which driver wants to help him out because these goons said that if he doesn't do it that eventually they're going to come after irene and benicio and also also benicio shows driver that he has a bullet that one of the goons gave him and it's very mm-hmm. like gut-wrenching um we see that driver talks to irene irene has no fucking idea about it to which um we have this like montage of like driver coming over for dinner uh, a few days a week to go have dinner with irene and benicio and standard And Standard is a fucking creep and reveals that he met Irene when she was 17 and they joke around like, oh, yeah, and it was illegal because he was obviously older than that. Um, And so they set up that they're going to have this heist. Do you want to walk us through the scene where they meet up with, um, fuck, I forgot the name of the guy who sets up the heist. Mm. Um, Fuck. Was it Cook? I think it was Cook. Yeah. You want to walk us through that scene? Yeah. So actually, the cool thing about this too is that this takes place at I think it's MacArthur Park. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I don't know if you noticed is just right where their apartment overlooks. Oh no, I never noticed that. Yeah, there's like a scene where a uh, uh, driver is uh, weirdly watching Irene <laughs> walk Benicio home, and you can kind of see like the outline of the MacArthur Park. But um, so. Um, Cook is pretty much, uh, this guy is wearing like a tracksuit, and he tells him, like, he's asking, why do we need this guy? And, uh, standard pitches driver to him and says, he says, I can't do this shit alone. And he tells him, okay, well, you're going to take, um, what's her name? Blanche. Blanche. Yeah. Yeah. Who is played by 
I oh have boy. set up already. I forget her name all the time too, and I feel bad because she's such a great actor as uh, well. Ka- Christina uh, Hendricks. There you go. Who was really big on Mad Men. Speaking yeah, of she's, Mad she's Men. Really great. And mm-hmm. we fucking brought up uh, <laughs> Breaking Bad, and we have two people that are in the show. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're so good at hosting this podcast. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Cook tells uh, Stander and Blanche to fuck off. And he pretty much lays down what's going to happen. So he tells them, look, like, this is how much I'm getting from this cut. This is how much Blanche is getting. This is how much that fucker is getting minus what he owes me. And this is how much you're getting. And he wrote in his hand, fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) And he tells them, are you still interested? (laughs) And Driver lays out his, um, his spiel. I, I have you for, you have me for five minutes and that five minutes, I'm yours no matter what. Anything outside of that, you're on your own. And they agree to perform this heist. And no, no, what? And we cut to this heist (laughs) and we see that they park. So it's Blanche, it's driver and also standard. So driver turns to standard and he tells them, I'll see you in five minutes. And like the douchebag that standard is, he says, uh, I'll see you in four. We see that Blanche is look is the lookout. Um, Standard goes in to rob the pawn shop. And immediately you hear the clock ticking in the background. You hear driver's clock and it's very, very like menacing. And like, I felt super um, uh, like in suspense at this point. And we also see a Chrysler pull up next to driver and it has blacked out windows. So automatically you get the sense of like, what the fuck is going on? Something's off. Um, We see Blanche walk out. She gets into driver's car. They're waiting for standard. Standard finally comes out of the fucking pawn shop after what feels like forever. And as he's walking out, he gets shot in the fucking neck. And yeah, the driver, it fucking sucks. Gato like screamed out at this point, like, no, <laughs> even though he's a douchebag. And so a driver gets out of the car going to help standard before he can even do that. The pawn shop owner comes out and shoots standard in the back and he's dead for sure. And then we cut uh, to driver taking off and this suspicious Chrysler takes off uh, in pursuit of him. Do you want to walk us through this scene? Yeah, it's actually honestly a really great um, chasing. They are pretty much um, chasing or the Chrysler is chasing uh, the driver in this Mustang. I want to say through like the Malibu Hills. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, again, like, this camera work is so great. Like, we're getting different shots of, like, the cars weaving in and out and, like, several, like, different POV shots. And so they get down. They're, like, and they're also, like, in the Malibu Hills, with which, I mean, if for any of our listeners who are not familiar with Los Angeles, um, the Malibu Hills are, like, pretty, uh, they're pretty, like, tight um, roads <laughs> and there's a lot of like twists and turns um, but they get down this long stretch of road and the driver flips his car in reverse and begins to drive yeah. in reverse and you get this very intense scene where the Chrysler is pretty much hitting his car and they keep like butting car heads and the driver pulls on his e-brake busts a sick ass turn uh, drifts into another street and the Chrysler crashes and flips over. And it's pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. It's actually (laughs) really fucking cool. 
<laughs> it's a really cool shot because you see a Blanche, like they give the POV of Driver, like looking back, and you see Blanche in the middle, but behind her, the Chrysler is like flipping up into the air, and it's all in slow mo, and it it looks fucking cool. Yeah, um, and I I really like that shot specifically too because it right when he does the turn, it's the camera's literally just on the Mustang. Like you just watch the Mustang do the shot and it's so fucking cool. It's really, yeah, I like it a lot. God damn, this movie's so fucking cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we see, we cut to Blanche and Driver. Hang, they're hiding out in a motel. We see that in the background, there is a news report that says that, uh, that talks about the pawn shop hit. And they also reveal that standard is identified and he was the only person killed. Mm-hmm. But something very suspicious is that the re- news report says no money was stolen, but Blanche and driver have a bag full of fucking money mm-hmm. that standard stole. So uh, we also see that driver um, calls up Irene. The cops are already there questioning her about standard and Benicio tells him like, Oh, the cops are here. So then he hangs up he starts to question Blanche because he knows that something is fucking fishy. And uh, do you want to walk us through the scene where he questions Blanche? Yeah. So the driver pretty much tells her. So the news reports are saying that it was just standard. No money was stolen. Like, why is that? And then he begins to lock the door and he puts on his driving gloves and he tells, asks her, did you know there was going to be a second car? And then she says, no. And then he smacks the fuck out of her. Yes, I forgot about this. <laughs> he uh, backhands her, backhand smacks her, and he gets on top of her and he tells her, like, you're going to stop lying. So everything coming out of your mouth now better be the truth or I'm going to hurt you. And yeah. um, it works. And she tells him that, yeah, like it was a rigged heist. Uh, there was There was going to be another car, but they didn't say anything about all this money that we were stealing. And he didn't. She didn't know that uh, Standard was going to be killed. But how do you? How do you? Sorry. How do you like uh, Ryan Gosling's finger pointing? He has his hand like this the whole time, oh, yeah. like <laughs> almost like he's holding a gun with his gloves on. And I love his <laughs> his line. He says, "You got a little boy's father killed. From now on, every word out your mouth better be the truth." Mm-hmm. It's very like, whoa, dude. <laughs> like, relax. yeah. I think it's just like that. That alter ego, like just that, like this person that he kind of is like deep down inside like he's a fucking hardened criminal who's probably killed people before <laughs> um, as we'll see in a moment maybe he, he thought it was a gun maybe he thought it was a gun <laughs> like in his autistic brain he was like i have a gun part of you. <laughs> <laughs> i like how we just stray farther and farther away from like actual what autism is <laughs> oh man um, but dude, like after this scene, like so she fesses up the truth and he says, We're going to Nino's pizzeria and we're gonna figure this shit out. Cause she tells him that Nino was behind this. And she gets up to use the restroom because she was crying, and she gets her fucking head blown off by some we dude see- who's looking in the window with a shotgun. <laughs> We hear two goons like pull up outside their motel and then we cut to uh, a view of a goon outside of a uh, of the window pointing towards the restroom. He points a shotgun in and blows fucking Blanche's brains all over the fucking uh, motel bathroom, yeah. which again, like Nicholas Winding Refn 
is such a weirdo. He loves <laughs> to show like women being hit and brutalized. And like, if you've seen uh, Only God Forgives, you'll know what that's about. And he's a very strange man. He's a very yeah. strange man. So yeah, weird. But anyways, you want to walk us through the rest of the scene? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so she gets her brains absolutely blown out. Um, this assailant with the shotgun fires at the driver and he hits him in the arm. But in this moment, the driver is jumping up out of the off the bed and he's putting a mattress on the door to save some time because someone's breaking in through that door. He rushes to the bathroom, grabs this guy's shotgun, uh, or actually, he grabs a metal pole off in yeah. the bathroom and he stabs the dude in the heart with it. And then he grabs his shotgun and blasts the guy coming through the door through the window. And there's like this great shot where he's looking um, out from the bathroom and you can see him like looking out through the, the doorway and he kind of looks up to make sure he's dead. And you just see the driver's just covered in blood. And he just it's, has this crazy intense look on his face. It's such a fucking cool shot. Like, yeah. again, it's the juxtaposition of like, driver looks so fucking cool throughout the whole movie. But right here, he looks absolutely fucking insane. Yeah. And uh, I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> he looks so cool. Um so from this, we cut to Driver showing up to Shannon. He tells Shannon the whole story. And Shannon is so annoying the whole time asking him like, oh, yeah, so the money, I can keep it safe for you. And Driver oh, keeps yeah, telling him like, to stop. <laughs> like, don't worry about it. Shannon, um, come on, buddy. Look at the bigger picture here. Man, I can't <laughs> stop thinking about all that money. <laughs> and then uh, Shannon tells him like, uh, you know, I'll ask Bernie. Like, see, see if he knows anything about this. And mm -hmm. we cut to Driver at a strip club. I forget oh, how I he gets this. Yeah, go I for it. I did want to point out one line that uh, Shannon says where he uh, tells the driver, well, because he's like, I can't stop thinking about what we could do with all that money. He's like, would you stop? And Shannon goes, all right. Look, I mean, I'm all for like trying to help people out, you know, but you're the only dude I know who robs a place just to pay back the husband because you're hooking up with her. His wife. <laughs> oh man, I mean, it's fair. That's exactly what he was doing. Yeah, but um, I think it's Blanche that gives up this information mm -hmm. that um, Cook works at a strip club. So we cut to Driver at a strip club. He walks in through the back. He asks one of the strippers, like, "Hey, do you know where Cook is?" And she says, "Oh yeah, he's in the back room." And so he walks down the walkway. And we see he pulls out a hammer from his sleeve, which is a very, I think it's like the movie poster for Drive. It's super iconic. This look mm -hmm. of Ryan Gosling wearing his white and a golden scorpion jack with a hammer. And he goes to question um, uh, Cook. And so he goes to question Cook. He gets him on the floor. He puts a bullet to his head, the same bullet that he got from Benicio. And he tells him like, whose money do I have? And he tells him, uh, he yells out to one of his strippers, someone called Nino. So it's revealed yeah. his fucking money it belongs to Nino, the guy that Shannon uh, it works for. So he calls up Nino. And on the phone call, driver is super intimidating, sounds crazy as fuck, and tells like Nino's, Nino's associate, like, um, like, oh, you better get me Nino on the phone because if you don't, like... Um, He's going to miss out on his million dollars. We find out that he has a million fucking dollars with him. Mm -hmm. um, do you want to walk us through this interaction that driver has with Nino over the phone? Um, oh, so I just wanted to point out that um, 
when I was in drama at Sure, we had like auditions for the one of the plays that we were doing, <laughs> and I I redid the scene. <laughs> Yeah, people help you out. Like, just pretend like you're a stripper in the background. You know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, two two people helped me out with the scene, but I was obviously playing the driver, and I, yeah, I did this whole fucking scene. I did pretty goddamn well, if I must say so myself. Hey, I mean, you were in a number of plays, so it worked out. Yeah. Um. So yeah, he tells him that he has his money, and uh. I think this is taking place like Nino's at his pizzeria and he asks him like, why are you calling me? Like you expect me to like buy my shit back from you. And he tells him, no, like I'm not selling it. Like you're just going to take it. You're just going to take it and you're going to leave Irene and me and Benicio alone. Like, and I'm just going to, you're just going to walk away and I'm just going to walk away. And he asks him like, you're not working with anyone else. And he says, no. And he realizes that um, he doesn't know how to negotiate because he asks him, like, do you haven't talked about this with anyone else? And he says, no. And then he says, you're not very good at this, are you? And then the driver <laughs> hangs up. <laughs> yeah, Nito is so funny uh, to point that out. <laughs> um but then it just it just speaks to how good of a guy a driver is because he's only doing this to for the safety of Irene and Benicio, mm-hmm. and so we cut to driver. He shows up to Irene's apartment, and Irene's really bummed out. Driver's really bummed out. Benicio's really bummed out, and so then he asks her to go on a walk. So they walk out. Um, Irene is visibly like shaken up. She's heartbroken. And Driver tells Irene the whole story of what happened to Standard and what they were up to. And he tells her about the money. And he says, like, well, I guess what we could do, like, you could take the money and I could meet up with you later. And as as soon as he suggests this, Irene slaps him across the face. Mm -hmm. Um, And so uh, we also see that fucking Driver cries in this instant. Do you notice that Ryan Gosling has like a tear roll down his face? Yeah. And so then they hop into the elevator. Um, we see that the same guy that was in Nino's uh, pizzeria is there looking for driver. And this guy clocks driver immediately. Do you want to walk us through this? Probably my most favorite scene ever. Uh, yeah. Them in the elevator. Um, so the driver and Irene get in this elevator and they interact with uh, one of Nino's goons. And, Driver can automatically automatically knows that this is the dude that's coming for Irene, and he realizes like, damn, like, like this guy knows exactly who I am. So he, the, so the scene begins to where it's showing Driver and Irene, and then the elevator lights in the elevator immediately dim, and he grabs her. Well, not grabs her, but he pushes her towards the back. And they kiss and they have this long uh, embraceful kiss while there's a music playing in the background and immediately they're taken out of it and the driver turns around, smashes the goon in the face, like into the wall of the elevator and they scuffle a little bit and he gets him on the floor and he bashes his head in with the heel of his boot 
several times to the point where his skull pretty much gets broken into. And, and they it's get fucking awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. I, it's kind of funny because when I was rewatching this, I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> like, fuck this <laughs> yeah, and it was for, it was Gato's first time watching it. And she was like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, it, so they get to the parking level and the door opens. Irene walks out in shock and there's this great fucking scene where the driver has his back turned toward turn his back is towards her. He turns around and he's like in this weird, like animalistic position. And he like turns around and he's just staring at her. And yeah. I like to think like, like it's looks like he's holding in a fart or something <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, the animalistic stance when you have to fart and he's got to hold it in. <laughs> um, but I think it, really showcases like like he he's realizing that she sees like the person that he is and he's also in shock for like what has just happened um in this scene specifically how i brought up that nicholas whining refin says like a lot of it is very dreamlike this scene is specifically one of them that he talks about he talks about how um this is like a dreamlike sequence for the driver and it immediately cuts to this like nightmarish hell that he lives in because he just had to kill this person or else yeah. this person would have killed Irene and him mm-hmm. and Benicio. And in doing this to protect her, he shows this type of uh, this other person that he is to her. And immediately after this, it's literally like the movie kind of or the character kind of like spirals. Mm hmm. Because they go to, or he meets with Shannon, and he tells Shannon, they came to my apartment, how did they know where she was at? And Shannon puts it together, Um, or um, actually the driver tells Shannon that it all led back to Nino. And Mm -hmm. Shannon is apologizing, and he just didn't know, he didn't know all this was leading back to Nino. Yeah, Shannon is kind of a fucking idiot, because in this scene he reveals (laughs) like, Oh, I called Bernie. I told him that you were just trying to help out the girl and help out her son. And Driver is the most emotional you've ever seen throughout the whole movie. He's like, are you fucking kidding me, Shannon? Like, like, why did you have to fuck this up? And so um, Shannon apologizes, tells him, like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean for this, whatever. And he tells him, like, you have to go. Like, uh, uh, Nino knows that we have his money. He's going to come after us. Like, you have to fucking skip town. You got to get the fuck out of here. I do want to point out really quickly, Emilio, mm-hmm. um, a big reason why I was so excited to do this podcast with you was because of your analysis of movies are always just so interesting. But the one of the first times where I was like, oh, shit, that's so fucking interesting. I never thought of it that way was you pointed out to me we were talking about Drive and you were like, yeah, that elevator scene, it's kind of like the final reveal for Irene of like the person that she thought she was in love with is not exactly who she thought it was. Like driver is a fucking crazy ass person, Mm -hmm. especially after stomping out this, that guy. So every time we've done a review of Ryan Gosling and every time you point out something interesting like that, I always think back to this scene. So watching it finally and talking about it now, I'm just like, wow, it's come full fucking circle. for (laughs) (laughs) The whole reason we started this. (laughs) Um, um, damn, thanks dude. I appreciate that. Um, no, for sure. 
also side note, I that scene where uh, Driver is confronting Shannon about how he outed him in his apartment in his place. I also did that scene for an audition. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I can also do another one. I got another one ready to go. <laughs> I can only strictly do drive. <laughs> That's the only oh, form man. of artistic media that I know. <laughs> uh, we see um, we see that Bernie and Nino also have a uh, one-on-one and we see that Nino's kind of a fuck up. He stole mm-hmm. these this money from an East Coast mob, and now the both of them are fucked because if they find out that Nino stole this money, both of them are dead. And also in the background, you see Cook is there, and Bernie says out loud, like the only people that know about it is us. And it's also Driver and Shannon. We have to take care of them. And then immediately Bernie turns around and he fucking walks up to uh, to Cook and he stabs him in the fucking neck because Cook is also another person who knows the truth. Yeah, I, so, I like the interaction they have where there's like, like we have to take care of the Driver and, and uh, Shannon. And they both look at each other and they look at Cook and, they, and then Nino just like does like this. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and Bernie <laughs> just like fucking kills the shit out of this guy. <laughs> Um, we also see driver steal a prosthetic mask that he wore back in like the beginning of the movie. Uh, something interesting is like in the background, you can also, you see all these prosthetic masks, but you also see the prosthetic of uh, Blanche's like head being fucking splattered all over the wall. So if you look carefully in the background, they have all the, prostr- the prosthetics that they used in that scene. Um, so he steals oh, a mask. Hmm, that's kind of cool. We I should watch that to- we cut Sorry. back to Shannon's place. No, you're good. And uh, we see that Bernie shows up and Shannon's in the middle of packing up, trying to leave. And he says out to Shannon, all these priceless cars. And I thought you'd have better locks. Yeah. And it's very menacing. It's almost like this inevitable, like, dude, Shannon's fucked. He's going to get fucking killed right now. Um, and we see that uh, Bernie reveals in an earlier scene that he really likes Shannon. Like he always liked him. Yeah. He's known him for a long time. And so uh, he tells him, like, man, I was so excited to get into this racing thing with you. I, like, I was really happy to be your partner. And so Shan- um, Bernie extends his hand to shake Shannon's hand, and they shake. And while he does this, Bernie pulls out a knife or a switchblade, um, or what is it, a straight razor, mm-hmm. and he slices Shannon's fucking forearm, forearm uh, vertically. And um, that's it. Shannon's fucking dead. I do want to point out that it's nice that Bernie. It, you can it showcases that even though Bernie is a sadistic killer, he did obviously like Shannon because he tells him like, Shh, "It's okay, it's okay, it's yeah. over, it's painless. Don't worry, we're done." Like he still had to kill him, but he did it in the most painless fashion he can think of. So it's yeah, crazy. <laughs> yeah, dude. The, honestly, this scene uh, when I re- like obviously rewatching it when I first saw it, like I was in genuine like you expect it to happen. But then it happens and you're just like, fuck, not Shannon. <laughs> it's so sad. Cause Especially like, when even, Driver um, finds him too. Yeah. Yeah. Because even in this scene, like Shannon is scared and he's like timid and like it's he's completely different. He's like completely different in this scene. And yeah, it like like he says, like, yeah, this is like the most painless way for you to die. And then we cut to the driver finding Shannon dead by one of the cars that they have in the garage. And this part too, where the driver like 
crouches down next to him and stares at him. And he kind of like holds his hand up to him and you can see it like on his face. Like he, he's absolutely in shock and genuinely like sad. It looks like he's going to cry in this scene too. Yeah. It's, it's fucking sad, dude. Like he lost his only friend pretty much. Um, so he takes the money, he packs up one of the cars and he, uh, decides he's going to go kill Nino first. He takes his mask, he puts it on, he pulls up to Nino's pizzeria he uh, tails Nino and his driver, and he um, sideswipes them. They get um, they pull over on the side of a cliff, to which driver decides to ram their fucking car off the cliff. <laughs> and then he chases Nino. Gets out of the car. He's limping, and we see they're at the beach. And uh, driver chases him into the waves. And I was really surprised at this point. I, I forgot how this scene played out, but we just cut away from that. We don't even see Driver kill Dino. Um, a little fun fact, Ron Perlman actually injured his knee running into the waves in this scene, <laughs> which oh, really sucks. Um, <laughs> which, dude, I, I wanted to uh, point out too in this scene where he comes up to the pizzeria, like he's wearing a mask and he looks inside. And I just love this scene where he's looking in and he, you see Nino absolutely laughing his ass off and there's this woman staring back at him that looks absolutely pissed yeah <laughs> and it, it kinda, really speaks it, to his character yeah yeah it really showcases like that this dude's just a fucking asshole <laughs> <laughs> um we see that driver calls up bernie and i fucking love this line so much he calls him up and he says you know that story about the scorpion and the frog? Your friend Nino didn't make it across the river. Yeah. <laughs> it's so cool. And it's also a callback to his jacket who has that other scorpion mm-hmm. on it. So, um, yeah, uh, Ryan and Bernie decide to meet together. Uh, they're going to finally uh, squabble everything. He also calls up Irene, and he tells Irene like uh, that he won't be back, that this is it. And he says, I just want to let you know to be around you and Benicio was the best thing that's ever happened to me. Dude, that and, shit um, fucking uh, ate me up. Bro. <laughs> me too. I was like, I love oh that line. God. I'm literally him. <laughs> I think it's also like, because like when you're younger, when I was younger and I would watch, I watched this, I was like, fuck, like this guy is like cool and suave and like, but there's all these different characteristics about him. And now that I'm like a little bit older watching this scene, and like kind of like resonating with this like character, like he's just extremely lonely and he finally has like this great thing going and it just gets fucked. And this person that he absolutely for sure definitely loves just sees this completely different side of him. And to hear him say like actively knowing like you're I'm not coming back, but spending this time with you was genuinely one of the best moments of my life. I was like, fuck, man, that just that definitely like that would eat up anybody it's like saying your last goodbye to somebody yeah this is truly i always take movies for what they're worth um i don't know if that makes sense what am i trying to say (laughs) um like when people talk about la la land another movie we reviewed about ryan gosling and how they talk about the ending of like i wish the reality was that he was with mia and I'm always just like, no, like it's better that they're not together. Mm-hmm. But in this movie, I feel super heavily like, fuck, man, I really wish they ended up together. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you want to walk us through the final scene where he meets up with Bernie? 
Yeah, so they actually meet up at this very iconic uh, Chinese restaurant in, I think it's in Chinatown, I want to say. I'm pretty sure it's in Chinatown, yeah. Yeah, so they sit down and um, they're sitting across from each other and it's kind of very like straightforward. Bernie just asks him like, do you have the money? And he, he nods his head yes. And he's like, where is it? This is in the car. And he says yes. Um, and they, oh, well, actually, Bernie does mention, like, okay, like, uh, the girl's fine. Um, she's off limits. No one's going to come for her. Um, but I can offer you the same thing. Um, once we conclude this deal, we'll go about our separate ways and you need to get the fuck out of LA. Um, he does like this. He has this like really iconic line that I really like. He's like, any dreams you have or any future plans, you're going to have to put them on hold for the rest of your life. You're going to be looking over your shoulder. And he says like, I'm telling you this cause I want you to know the truth. And it kind of like does showcase that like, Bernie's really well connected and yeah, that, I mean, ultimately the driver had to do this because he was going to be yeah. a constant um, target. And so they walk out and he opens the trunk and he hands Bernie the bag and Bernie stabs the driver in the stomach and the driver grabs a knife that he had in his pocket and he stabs Bernie in the neck. Yep. And there's a great shot of like their shadows fighting. And then you can see like the driver's shadow kind of like triumphantly standing um, from this attack. And then we cut to the next scene where he, we show like a long shot of, his boots are bloodied and it's creeping up on him sitting in his car and he's just covered in blood and he's just sitting completely still. And then a real hero starts playing. Yeah, it starts fading in. And he, uh, I do want to point out one of my favorite literally him memes is this part of Ryan Gosling just staring blankly. Oh, and yeah. the top says, uh, believe in myself, the person who got me into this mess. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually really relatable to this movie. <laughs> um, but yeah, we see that he blinks and that he's still alive and he drives off. And we, we also, oh, ahead. sorry. Yeah, we we cut to Irene and we see that she goes over to driver's apartment just down the hall and she knocks and it's this acceptance and realization of like, fuck, he is gone. Like, like he promised. And then we cut to driver driving throughout the night, uh, a real human being still playing in the background, and we fade to black. That is the end. Damn. I love <laughs> this movie so much. It's so yeah. fucking good. Dude, this movie is really good. Um, this movie is actually based on a book. Yes, I forgot to bring that up. Yes, you're right. I've never. Um, we should probably read that. I think. <laughs> I I heard it's not that great. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um. Yeah. Even um. Yeah. So like when this movie came out, I did like a lot of like fucking researching on like the behind the scenes and like the writing and and so like this script was floated around for a long time for years and at one point Hugh Jackman was attached to it. 
Yes, um, I saw that too. That sounds so fucking weird. Yeah. Hugh Jackman wasn't the driver. <laughs> yeah. And then Ryan Gosling got attached to it. And Ryan Gosling, he had the idea of like, let's cut all this dialogue. And he actually uh, pitched the idea to have Nicholas Winding Refn direct it. And um, yeah, like it was apparently the book is not good. Like it's just too much, too many characters. There's too much dialogue. There's too much filler. The driver in the book is just totally different from like what we get in this film. Um, so I kind of don't want to read it. <laughs> just <'cause, laughs> Not to ruin it. Yeah. But there is a sequel to the book. And it's called Driven. And it's oh, about God. the driver's life in Mexico. Oh, yikes. Yeah. <laughs> I saw because I've seen Nicholas Winding Refn state definitively like, no, there's not going to be a sequel. Like, we're done. That's it. Which think that's the way it should be. Fuck if they ever make a sequel to this movie. There, there doesn't need to be anything else told. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that, that brings us to the end of our episode. And so let's move on to our rating. So Emilio, give me a final summary of your feelings about the movie Drive and give it a score from one to five. I absolutely love this movie. Anytime I sit down to rewatch it, I'm just absolutely um, enamored by it. I I still get like these nostalgic feelings when I watch it, like when the first time I watched it. Um. Ryan Gosling's fantastic in it. I mean, this film literally made me obsessed with this dude for years. <laughs> uh, yeah, to the point where I was trying to pull off the same look and buy the same clothes and doing fucking auditions to scenes in this movie. Um, yeah, it definitely, um, for some reason, well, I think it's mostly the character, obviously, but also Ryan Gosling as an actor uh, in general, it really like sparked something in me and actually watching this film. Um, Cause for a long time I was just very into acting, but when I watched this, I was like, damn, like I want to learn about uh, cinematography and I want to learn about writing and I want to learn how to direct because I want to make films like this. I would love to tell stories and um, yeah, like make, make films like this to, to show to people um so yeah it's definitely honestly it's one of my favorite movies i think i've ever seen and it definitely made me into a film snob (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean i feel this i feel very similar um i haven't watched this movie in maybe like four or five years and i still had high hopes of like yeah it's gonna be fucking awesome but it still exceeded that expectation of especially watching with gato who's never watched it before and for her to like walk out being like fuck yeah dude that movie kicks ass like i understand all the hype around it um yeah i love it it really speaks to insecure men i guess Yeah. (laughs) yeah i think it just speaks to anyone who just like you know I like who doesn't feel lonely at times, who doesn't feel like unwanted, who doesn't feel like they have a side to them that like can just be unlovable at times um, or crazy or whatever. Um, But yeah, I fucking love this movie. It's so good. It's so iconic for a good reason. And did wait, did you give it a score? No, I give five out of five. (laughs) (laughs) I also give it a five out of five wholeheartedly five out of five. Um, all right, moving on. So in the pantheon of Ryan Gosling's movies, 
ranking them from an S being the very best all the way down to an F, where are you going to place Drive? Oh, dude, S tier. Definitely S tier. Uh, I Yeah, I agree too. Um, it would be funny to make our way all the way to save Drive for the last movie and be like, eh, it's like an A, <laughs> uh, whatever. More like a C at best. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if Hugh Jackman was in it, it would have been an A. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, I agree. I think this is, we've given a lot of his movies in S tier, but this is like probably, fuck, man, it's it's up there. I love Lars and the Real Girl, but like mm. this one's neck and neck with it. Um, yeah, S for sure. Um, so last question. The last time I asked you this for a little while, um, are we literally him? Are you literally Driver? Honestly, yeah. <laughs> Dude, <Why? what? laughs> I mean, like, when I watched this, I was just so fucking enamored by this character. And I I tried to be him. I tried to, like, uh, be this character. I, um, It kind of speaks to, like, I, maybe when I was younger, I was in kind of like a lost kind of place. And I saw this movie and I was like, that's the epitome of what, someone should be like, that's the epitome. Like that's, this is what a man should be like. And I just tried to, that's why I had that fucking Honda. Cause I wanted like a vintage that's old car. So <laughs> fucking funny. I love that car. You had a yeah. fucking awesome. I mean, they had this awesome, like 89 Honda. 80. Eight. Yeah. Fuck. 1980. Yeah, Honda cool. Accord. yeah. But yeah, like that's why I was into like old cars. Um, I, yeah, like I started buying Levi's jeans and like trucker jackets and V-necks and Henleys. And then like the place beyond the pines came out and I just was fucking enamored by motorcycles. And that's why I had this obsession with wanting a motorcycle. And then now I have one that I'm finally going to fucking legally be able to ride after months. Um, but yeah, like it all started like with this. And I really do think a lot of character traits that I have now definitely kind of stemmed from obviously being at this age where I can be like easily manipulated and uh, um, yeah, like it all stemmed from this movie with this specific character. So yeah, I would say definitely very much literally him. Shit, like after watching this movie, I kind of want to order more Henleys and, <laughs> and get more V-Mix and you maybe I buy did a... look up I did look up the jacket and mm-hmm. on Amazon it's like 60 something bucks. But you know, the quality is gonna probably be shit, but yeah, whatever. Um yeah, I really fucking love this character, and even though he's a weird murderer, I still <laughs> like him so much. Yeah, I think he's fucking cool. And it's the epitome of the literally him meme. Beside, it's like Driver and and Jason Bateman of like these characters that are fucking pieces of shit. You should not want to be them, but you still want to fucking be them because they're so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to be him. So yeah, I'm, I'm literally him. I'm 100 percent literally. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. All right. Well, guys, that's that's about it. We fucking did every fucking Ryan Gosling um, movie. Yeah, um, there are I, like two or three more coming out. I think in the next year or two, so we'll obviously have to come back and talk about those. But this film probably was like the epitome of like literally him. 
Yeah, it's the one that everyone thinks about first. Um, yeah, um, I want to thank you all for listening. Um, this isn't the end. Me and Emilio will think of more shit to do. I think next week what we should do is we should rank all of Ryan Gosling's movies. So we'll come up with a list and we'll read them to each other. And then we can argue about if we're wrong or right for doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Or we can just turn and- the podcast into a red pill podcast. <laughs> yeah what's in the vaccine <laughs> top oh, <G> antibodies <laughs> antibody oh okay that sounds safe um yeah no i want to thank everyone who listens it's so cool to to get random like messages from all you guys and just say like hey like good episode or whatever the fuck like yeah. it's so cool um i also want to thank um Everyone listening who is not our friend, like we have a lot of friends that listen, obviously, and that thank you so much, guys. But p- random people that just found the podcast, like that's so fucking cool. Like, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, I want to thank Gato, who I had to like force to watch. Like, she watched like ninety <laughs> percent of Ryan Gosling's filmography. There were a couple of times where she got held up at work. Um, so thank her. I want to thank her for being good sport, and uh, I want to thank you, Emilio like this has been so fucking funny to do and it's been yeah. like uh definitely like uh, a labor of love because it's just so fun it's just fun just to watch a movie and fucking talk about it and just mm-hmm. be stupid about it so yeah man thank you you're a fantastic co-host it's been super fun yeah i also want to thank you because you um do all the editing you make um, these flyers for these for these films, and it's funny. Like when, like we first talked about this, you definitely wanted to do one, and then you were like, "We should do it on things that we have common interests in." And I was like, "Okay, like yeah, like we I'll think about something." And then you said, "Like let's do it on Ryan Gosling." It's <laughs> like, damn, dude, that's like a like a family joke, <laughs> like amongst my family. <laughs> Because they know how much I love him. I was like, now I'm going to have this fucking podcast talking about him. <laughs> but oh, like, people love it. And it, it is fun to like talk about this fucking dude that I fucking held up like a messiah for years of my life. <laughs> um, but yeah, Joseph definitely um, puts in a lot of the heavy lifting for this podcast. So truly, dude. Thank you. This was great. Oh, for sure. It's a lot of fun. So, you know, I do it because I like it. Um, And lastly, I want to thank fucking Ryan Gosling for being born and Ryan Gosling's (laughs) mom. Thank you so much to both of you. (laughs) Yeah. We wouldn't have this. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck him. I I don't think he's like, was like present in his life. So fuck him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We definitely wouldn't have anything fun to talk about if he wasn't born (laughs) so yeah there you go all right guys well we'll see you next week we'll definitely put out a, a few more episodes so yeah we'll see you next time bye bye